G'day guys, welcome back to yet another episode of the Escape Society podcast. This one's for my scheme makers, my dream chasers trying to make it. Trust you got to hold on to faith and be patient. I know you're trying to get to the days of... Cheers, honey. Cheers, we're celebrating a little bit. Um, it's been a very eventful day today. Yeah, it has. Uh, so we did it. We pulled the trigger on something that we were thinking about doing, which is buying a camper van. Probably the biggest purchase we've made in a long time, eh? Yeah. And the best purchase. Not any camper van. It's Westfalia, right? Um, it's a combi, but the, yeah, the actual name of the model... I'll bring it up and we can put a photo of it. Hopefully no one steals it. <laughs> um, 1976 Volkswagen Westfalia bus, which is a combi. And it's like a classic. It's like pretty much all original combi van. Yeah. From 1976. Uh, and it's epic. It's bright orange. And it has the pop-top roof on it, so we can sleep up top. There's a bed down the bottom, so there's space for bear in the future. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It looks really cool. And not only that, like, had it have just looked cool, but was mechanically shit or, you know, like, just a busted-ass van, um, there's no way I would have said yes to no. buying it, but... The guys that we bought it off, these two Argentinian guys who have lived in Mexico for a couple of years. I think they came here at um, the start of the pandemic or something. And um, <coughs> this is their first combi that they've fixed up and sold. Did I say first? Fifth. <laughs> yeah, you said first, but it's the fifth. fifth. <laughs> Man, I just had a stroke or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is their fifth one. and So one of them is a mechanic. And the other one is like a carpenter, woodworker. Mm. So they're a pretty good team. and They're really lovely too. They were just really nice to be around. Yeah, he com- they completely stripped the van um, and rebuilt the engine, uh, painted it, like got most of the rust out. There's like a little bit of surface rust, but there's no rust on the actual like chassis or anything. Um, and like did heaps of modification, like made it really cool, really good really livable so there's not really much that we have to do for like moving into it i mean along the way there'll definitely be things we'll have to make additions and changes but just when i was sitting in the back before i was like okay i feel like everything's sort of where it needs to be already as far as like for storage and yeah i'm super excited it's awesome yeah, me too. Um, this is fully something that's been on mine and Lloyd's bucket list, like something that we always said we were would eventually do. And I can't believe randomly the timing just happened to be now <laughs> or was, in a few months, I guess. But Yeah, and it was perfect because um, – so we're here thinking, what are we going to do after Mexico? We want to bring Bear with us. So we can't just be like – backpacking around south america or something with bear plus that's not really our top priority at the moment like we want to have somewhere we can call home but we want to travel as well and the best way to do that is a van obviously and then as soon as we said that and started looking this combi shows up and i was like well it's awesome but the timing's not really right we're about to 
go away for like two months and then come back. So I messaged them and um, he was like, look, we are trying to sell it now, but we're also happy to hold on to it for you for two, three months, whatever yeah. you need. And like it worked so out. perfect for us. I think because like it's not like this, it's their car and they're selling it and they need it gone. Like this is their business. So they're just happy that they've sold another van and mm-hmm. when it when we actually get it, it doesn't really matter to them um yeah and like you can tell by talking to them that this is something they love doing they put a lot of work into it and they really just love like classic cars and volkswagens and yeah uh what they've done with it's pretty cool and it's going to be a win-win for it like for us it's we get a car, which obviously we need yeah, <laughs> because we want to do road trips and yeah. we want to drive around America and it's a car we can sleep in. It looks cool. It's going to be good for content and I think it's going to hold its value. Yeah, for sure. But I'm sure um, some people will tell us, there's always, I just thought this, there's always someone who's like, oh, you know, the problem with Volkswagens or yeah, something like Yeah, like, shut up. Every yeah. car, like type of car Every has its car. problem. I hate that. No matter what like, car you I already you buy, bought it. Shut up. Yeah, someone's <laughs> like, well, you know, I once had a Ford and this happened. And it's like, okay, man. Like, cool. <laughs> shit happens. Cars have problems. That's how it works. But yeah, like you buy a secondhand car, any type of secondhand car, something might happen with it. It's just like the price of buying it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've even seen people that have bought like brand new cars fresh off the lot and something go wrong with it three months later and they're fucked, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I hate about cars. Yeah. I've always hated cars. Like people love cars. I hate cars because <laughs> um, I guess not having like a mechanical brain or not knowing how to fix stuff on my own, it's always been really stressful to like give up that power to someone else to tell you really like this is how much it costs and what's wrong with it and yeah, it might not actually be what's wrong with it and it's always been my biggest expense is yeah. buying a car and then that car like it's a matter of time before something goes wrong with it yeah uh and i've never bought a new car so obviously you're going to get more problems with old cars but i think that was part of the reason today was like fun because i didn't feel stressed around um the guy's name is Franco um, that owns this business. What was it called? Um, Latino America Ruida. I'll bring them up too. Yeah. Um, it's Franco and Joaquin. Yeah. Which, really cool guys. And uh, at the moment, they're trying to get a space for them to work out of. So that's sort of why they're selling a lot of these vans quickly or they're wanting to get rid of them at the moment is so they can get the capital to set up a place to work out of. So they have like, a set place to do everything from um which i think is they're gonna do great i think they're gonna do awesome latino america Ru- ruida ruida yeah um what does that mean you reckon i don't know we didn't even ask them might have to um look it up yeah so franco and franco and joaquin franco speaks pretty good english like yeah like Decent English. Just not Aussie English. He was struggling with Lloyd's accent no, a he lot. Doesn't <laughs> understand me, which is fair enough. If you've only spoken to Americans and learnt English in school or something, and then this yobbo Aussie comes <laughs> and starts talking, um, you're not going to know what's going on. 
It's so funny. But Joaquin doesn't speak any English at all, really, which is funny. Like, yeah. I feel bad for him because the whole time he's just sort of sitting there and not but really knowing what's so going lovely. on. They're both really, really lovely guys. Very nice guys. And they just made, yeah, the experience of it, like, really exciting. Like, rather than something that, like, buying a car is quite stressful, something that should be stressful, being weary about it. He was just very black and white about everything and explained how everything worked and... um yeah, sort of just took that stressful part out of buying a van and just made it feel more like an experience. And when we were test driving it, we got so many looks and people like waving at us and stuff. Like you feel like a full celebrity when you're driving this bright orange combi van. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And these guys are like, they're like go-getters, eh? They're only, he's 26, one of them, and the other's 25. And they're just in Mexico building combi vans. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think they'll... Um, do real well hopefully I think so too hopefully some of our followers or people find us on youtube or instagram and then find these guys and mm. uh give them some business that'd be sick yeah i mean because now that we know them I, I i would definitely suggest using them if that's what you want to do is drive a van around north america you might as well get one from them start from the bottom of north america maybe work your way up and that if you had to do a deposit to save yourself a van or something, Don't. I would I wouldn't feel worried about doing that with them because they're just really solid guys. Yeah, and uh, they'll build a van for your custom as well. Yeah. Like if you if you contact them and say you want to, I think they're only doing combis right now. Mm. If you said, look, I want a combi in six months, they'll source it and probably build it exactly how you want it. Yeah, Which for a very, cool. very reasonable price, I think. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, sort of an investment. It's not like you're just buying some piece of shit, you know, car. Like, this is a solid car that you're going to... Yeah, I think also with how my brain works, I don't. the reason I don't like buying cars is it's not usually an investment. It's usually just something that, to get from A to B. So I that's why I hate cars, because you don't get much else out of it. But for this, I can see sort of there it's timeless and there's something funky and different about it. So from like a marketing standpoint as well, this is a really good thing when we decide we don't want to live in it anymore. Whenever that happens, we have this thing that we can hire out like combi vans are always used for photo shoots and um for even Airbnb, you can put it on. I think there's like also those RV hires, van hire companies as well so it's for that it's a good investment definitely um yeah so that's a pretty major thing for us i reckon yeah um we made some other friends as well last week or the week before yeah we had been pretty isolated for a while with what we're doing um oh I mean, it self-inflicted though. We had many chances to hang out with people, but we are so busy and very hyper-focused on our business and what we're doing. So um, we had lined up a few times to hang out with people, but it just never ended up working out because we're crazy workaholics. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the hard, hardest parts about um, doing what we're doing because it's been 10 months now. Is it 10? Over 10. Nearly, nearly, ele nearly like, 11. Yeah, it's been nearly a year and um, it's just been the two of us. We've met, obviously, people along the way, like when you go out and meet some people or locals or whatever, but like not hanging out with friends at all. 
um, just through text message or phone calls. So, yeah, it's been tough not really having a social life at all. It's hard because, like, I really want to have friends, but I feel mentally that I'm not in a place to be a good friend. So that's sort of why I've been hesitant to, like, even try to make that connection with anybody because I know myself and I'm too in a selfish place at the moment we both are where we're like so hyper focused on uh, like I said our business that we aren't really willing to stray from our (laughs) set day or path like Lloyd and I if we want to have like a social day we have to schedule that in like at least a week in advance at the very least yeah and um and sometimes on that day I wake up and I'm like I don't really want to yeah that always happens yeah, that's the trouble. But even after that, if we have like one social day, it's like, okay, well, now I'm good for two months or a month. So that's sort of where we're at. But we, we have, yeah, met some met some people and we um, had some subscribers who are now friends come up to us uh, a few weeks ago while we were walking on Fifth Avenue in Playa del Carmen. Uh, shout out to Kyle and Jess. Um, they just sort of started their YouTube journey around... I can't remember six or we'll put them up on the six, screen seven months or something like their that. their videos are great and um they're going through the beginning the tough beginning process that we definitely know um sort of just the uncertainty of like should i quit should i keep going but they're doing great and um definitely give them a subscribe they're they're doing awesome really really enjoy their videos and we got to hang out with them and uh, have some drinks, maybe a few too many. <laughs> oh, we definitely had a few too many. We had a lot that day. Yeah, yeah. But it was the first time, yeah, like you said, we've hung out with people and just been able to relax and even just talk to people who are traveling in um, like digital nomads or like... Doing the same sort of thing as YouTubers, us with the same like goals. It's really hard to talk to anyone who doesn't really know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. It was fun and um, yeah, they watched football as well which was good because i love watching football <laughs> yeah mandy's um pretty much you've been watching every game with me yeah which i mean surprised i just find it comforting yeah i know i don't know i don't know what that is it's but good. there's something about especially like if we're cooking like a stew or like a soup or something i don't know <laughs> i feel like that coming from even from canada i feel like that's something ingrained in me that's part of my DNA that I'm meant to just have a soup or a stew on a Sunday and watch football. And I don't even really care, but I like being part of it. And I like that you're excited as well. I get excited when you're excited about things. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes our relationship so easy. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of guys get in trouble for watching sports or I don't know what it is. They just, um, to be honest, most guys seem like they're always in trouble with their misses. We've talked about this before, and I feel like that gets... You like, think, like, sometimes people think that's just, like, what you're supposed to say. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you go out and you're just supposed to be in trouble with your partner all the time, and that's just something that people say. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a, a thing that someone else said, and you think that's just the right dynamic that you're supposed to have and sometimes yeah. pe- other people push that on to you feeling like oh i need to be worried that i'm going to be in trouble 
yeah, I don't know if it's something they just say or they actually are always in trouble. Like, because, I mean, their wives or girlfriends must just be really high strung if they are. Because mm. why are you getting angry all the time at your husband or your boyfriend for doing what he wants to do? It's such a weird thing. Yeah, no, I agree. But, um, yeah, you've always been keen to watch sports with me and I'm like, we don't have to, like, you don't have to watch this or I can put something else on and you're like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Or you get pumped to go and watch. Oh, I, oh, mostly because I love going to a pub. Mm. I've tried to beat that out of myself because I've wanted to be the chick that only wants to sit at a juice bar and, A juice bar. Well, do you know what I mean? And, or like have like a really beautiful cocktail and like sometimes that's nice, but like my, again, my DNA is drinking a beer and sitting at a dirty bar in with a tv at it like sometimes like i think the power just went out here yeah (laughs) sorry guys power just (coughs) went out but we're still going um i do think that that's uh part of who i am is sitting and that's where how our relationship was built as well was in dingy bars drinking out of a jug and watching sports well yeah that's what we met in a pub and our, probably our first f- six or seven dates were at a pub <laughs> yeah. um we spent our first <laughs> valentine's day watching the nba all-star game eating nachos yeah which was sick it was sick <laughs> i just i like the energy i like when you're happy i feel like i don't love tv like I like watching something at night, but you know me, I'd rather go to sleep and or play on my phone. Like I'm not really a huge TV, but I like the energy around it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like a lot of the time when I'm at the pub watching like football like we were the other day, um, I do watch it, but then there's times where I'm not even really watching it and we could be talking or I'm just like enjoying being there and it's just on. Yeah. No, Some, it's comforting. That's sometimes it's it not even about... It's so comforting. It's not even about the game sometimes. Yeah. Um, if there's a really big game or something, then obviously you get into it. But it, there could just be like some mediocre sport on and it's just fun to sit there at the bar and drink and talk to the guy next to you or whatever. Like, Especially if they've got like music on as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like it. We found a uh, Boston pizza <laughs> in Playa del Carmen, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> I bet all the North American listeners will be like, why would you care so much about that? But when Lloyd and I stepped in the front doors and the smell oh, of the smell. like, it's just like hot sauce yep. and like spilled, spilled drinks. Spilled beer. Yeah. You can just smell the bar. And we hadn't had that smell or that feeling in so long. We walked in, we were both... <laughs> It was like Christmas morning. We were so excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't expecting it and it was all locals there. I, th- yeah, I was expecting yeah, it to yeah. be all Americans or Canadians and it was all Mexicans there. It's because it it's more inland, like in Playa del Carmen. Like it's pretty set far back from the beach. Um, but it was, yeah, it was epic. Internet's not working now because of the power out. <laughs> awesome. Um, we were trying to figure out, I think, if Boston Pizza was American or Canadian. Yeah, I was confused because on the um, 
their uniforms that they were wearing they had like maple leaves on them and i again that sort of like took me back i realized like how disconnected i am from where i grew up when i saw that and i at first it didn't really like register that that was canadian like it's just been so long i've only ever been to one in canada i've never been to one in the u.s oh i don't i would i wouldn't remember but I thought it was Canadian. I swear the owner of it was on the Canadian Shark Tank. R- really? Or maybe it was the American one. I didn't even know there was a Canadian Shark Tank. There was, yeah. Are they billionaires or are they just... Oh, I don't know. Hundred Richer than so. I was <laughs> when I lived in Canada, that's for sure. Did you search if Boston Pizza is Canadian? Yeah, but like... I'm looking at it. It is Canadian, but why is it called Boston Pizza then? Wouldn't it be from Boston? What does it say in there? Check Wikipedia. This is Wikipedia. It's a Canadian multinational restaurant chain that owns and franchises locations in Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Okay. Founded in Edmonton, Alberta. Wow. 58 years ago, 1964. Yeah, he was my favorite on Shark Tank because he was like, no bullshit. Oh, he's he's Greek. So that says they are, yeah, yeah four Greek immigrants. Greek. But why is it called Boston's? Oh, there's their old logo. Oh, so in Mexico and America, it's just called Boston's, which is what it was called here, not Boston. No, it pizza. said Boston's Pizza. Yeah. Here. Yeah, okay. and in Canada, it's called. Boston Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's why I was confused. Because I'm like, I swear I've called it Boston Pizza my whole life. And there's an S in there. <laughs> I can't see oh. why it's called Boston Pizza, though. It was so good, though. So The good. pizza, I swear. I'm sure, like, so many people would be like, it's not even that good. But, like, we've had some pretty shit pizzas, let me tell you, since we've been traveling. Pizza is my, I think, thing that, like, if I want to treat myself, I'm going to eat pizza. Mm, yeah. Same, but I prefer the wings. We ordered 20 wings and I had 18. <laughs> yeah. We were meant to, to share them. <laughs> I felt so fat. <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it goes. Um. What else? We've been watching this. Yeah, I want to talk about this series we've been watching because I think it's the number one watched series on Netflix right now. So probably a lot of other well people deserved. are watching it too. Well deserved, man. The actor is unbelievable. You said you know him from somewhere. I, I don't know him personally, but no, I, I knew him, that. yeah, before this. I He was like a dorky... Or like a goofy guy on a movie that I loved when I was a teenager. Um, it was called Sleepover and I loved that movie and I'd watched it so many times. And he was on it and I feel like he's just, this role has just made him ultra famous. Yeah, so the show's called um, Dharma. Oh, he was also on The Office. That's right. Yeah. The show's called Dharma. It's about serial killer named Jeffrey Dahmer who 
we never heard of and I don't know how because we've watched <laughs> just about every serial killer documentary there is and I've never heard of Jeffrey Dahmer but apparently it was a big deal um, in the early 90s uh, a gay guy who was just killing other men mostly black men in black neighborhoods um, and like just man he was a seriously fucked up dude absolutely brutal the first if you can get through the first like two episodes then you're good because they're pretty rough we had to take huge breaks in between them because like they were affecting our sleep yeah usually you would like binge watch a show like that for like you find a really good show and you watch like three episodes at once do you want a beer yeah um we got through one and we're like we're not watching another one tonight like we need to put on something happy something not depressing because I don't think it's good for your mental to watch something like that and then try and go to sleep. Um, but without ruining it, like he basically, yeah, he had a, like a really rough childhood and they go through all of that and then they show sort of like how he became the, the serial killer that he ended up, um, which seems to be a common theme to be honest. The childhood, yeah, the yeah. The the divorce always seems to be a huge playmaker in a lot of things. Um, His mum and dad both had mental problems. Yeah, didn't get a lot of love. Yeah, I. It's hard because, I mean, I I bet a lot of people would like be angry at me for saying this, but for some reason, I always feel bad for end up feeling bad for the killer. You do. And oh, I no, can't it's... help it and because I don't want to, but I feel like it's because I can see all sides of it. Like when you hear where someone come from, I can totally understand being like, nope, I would never be sympathetic towards someone that killed someone. Okay, like I totally get that side too. But when when you see where the people come from, you can see, oh, he's just a product of his environment. Yeah, like I can see both. A def- like every documentary we've watched on serial killers when they talk about their childhood and shit there was always some sort of abuse some like they they never really come from a good childhood so there's that yeah and when they say that also i also feel like there's something that like people just didn't know about happened behind the scenes like when they're like he had a perfect childhood there was nothing pointing to say why he would end up the way he did like in other murder cases but i feel like there would always be something because it trauma breaks you right for sure so something could always have happened to someone that no one else knows about that's stuck in their brain that made stop their brain from developing in the correct way so that's why i always feel bad for the killer even though i'm like also you did some pretty fucked up shit i mean you made your neighbor oh wait i don't wanna i don't i'm not gonna ruin it (laughs) um if you've got like a strong stomach, I guess, watch it. Um, if you don't like that sort of stuff, though, probably not for no. you. No. Because it's pretty brutal. We have to take breaks from like, yeah, watching hectic stuff like this. And I also was like, okay, this isn't good for my mental. But like, no. I'm so curious about it. Like, is that why the whole world's like obsessed with it? Like, everyone's watching this shit right it's there's weird. something that's so fucking fascinating about it it's weird that everybody loves 
not everybody because there's a lot of people that don't but like a lot of people love watching serial killer stuff it's always the most popular shit on netflix and there's a couple of youtube channels that we watch i don't know if we've mentioned that chapter before maybe i have on instagram but one of our favorite youtube uh channels is that chapter and it's just this guy mike um he's irish i think and he does these like 20 minute self-made documentaries on serial killers or murders murderers and there's something about it that just hooks you yeah like it's pretty sadistic to (laughs) want to watch that (laughs) shit i know but everyone does there's something built into us that's so fascinated with death i guess it's because it's inevitable for everybody so we're all sort of that's one it's the one common thing we pretty much all have with each other other than we all breathe and we all die die. and we all shit (laughs) yeah okay um it's not the death thing for me it's the like yeah the curiosity of like how did somebody get to that Mm. point and it's pretty scary i mean it is and you and i always say like you can always tell in someone's eyes when they're yeah. like fully like lights on no one's home it's That's just like a like yeah like a darkness or something there's nothing behind their eyes yeah and it's yeah it's so sad because you're like you don't you really didn't have to be that way <laughs> but i feel like it's your brain believing that you have to be this way and that's what the trauma or whatever happened in your life has caused you to be. That's my way of thinking anyway. Uh, it's like, there's a, from what I've watched, there's a few different things that can happen. Like a um, like a mental break where they dis- dissociate. Disassociate. Disassociate. So they're like, um, their way of coping with whatever trauma they've had as a kid is just to like... Um, get a different personality and like it turns into schizophrenia or um like anti-socialism like it's just their way of coping with whatever fucked up thing that happened to them and then because maybe it goes unnoticed people don't realize what's going on it goes untreated for like 20 years and then all of a sudden they're eating people <laughs> Sorry, I took a, <laughs> took a drink of water at the wrong time. All of a sudden, they're cooking the, bodies. Yeah, eating human bodies. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, it's hectic. I love that Netflix puts out shit like this. Feels like they almost like it's almost one after another. One will finish, and then the next one comes along. Surely they're going to run out of serial killers to make documentaries about. Here's a question. Netflix is going down right now. Like, Netflix is struggling as is a it? business, right? Yeah. This is what I've kept re- kept reading. I haven't seen too much information about it. Um, maybe we can look it up if the internet <laughs> starts working again. Um, but so apparently they're going under because they're spending too much on the content that they're paying to have on Netflix, paying for all these things to happen. What do you think their plan is? Like, what's the what's the end goal? Because that's not going to end once you set an amount of content that you're putting out. You kind of have to keep going with it, right? Yeah, for sure. But and that high level, like how high level? We're getting like full, insane series that are like hour-long movies that you get to watch 10 of them. That's insane. We never used to get that. It used to be you go to the movie theater and you watch a movie and it's, you know, an hour and a half long and you got to wait 
however long to watch it again, sort of. But now we're getting these like docu-series that are 10, 10 episodes. And we're like, no, I want one, like another one now. And then they release another one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's like... That's an insane amount to be pumping out. It is, but it's insane how almost everyone in the world watches Netflix. Think about, like, I don't even know how much a Netflix subscription is because I don't check it. So if they raise their subscription by a dollar for everyone in the world, I wouldn't notice. And I don't know if a lot of other people would, and they'd probably just make a billion dollars. Yeah, that. that's true. I I remember when we first signed up to Netflix, it was like, I think it was nine ninety nine for some... It was either ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine. I remember, like For some reason, being I'm very low there. But and now I think it's around fifteen. I don't even know how to check because I don't even know what email I'm using for my Netflix <laughs> subscription. <laughs> oh yeah, we've been living in so many like different hotel rooms and stuff. And whoever stayed in the room or the apartment before we moved in has always left their Netflix account on yeah. and we just fuck up their algorithms so hard <laughs> yeah here it's um l rubs what's his name l rubs tudo is the name tudo. Of- <laughs> man he's he probably hates us because like we got his youtube account and his, his netflix account <laughs> yeah we fucked up his algorithm yeah. yeah the best part is that he speaks spanish because all the other stuff that was on his account was all spanish and now it's just all english speaking like podcasts and stuff all over his youtube algorithm it's all like (laughs) netflix is fucked he doesn't know what episode he's on for anything it's all serial killers russell (laughs) brand joe rogan and casey neistat (laughs) so good yeah we just started watching casey neistat which is weird because think he's like a youtube pioneer and a lot of people have been inspired by him and we haven't watched any of his stuff until recently no so i guess we're part of the grapevine though because Kara and nate were built their inspiration was off casey and ours was essentially off Kara and nate so yep. that's through the grapevine is that what that means grapevine i think so that's how I'm using it. Yep. <laughs> but like we're attached somehow. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Casey was the, you know, the, the He seed. was the first like daily vlogger, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad we found him because um, he's given me like a bit more inspiration on just, he kind of just does what he wants to do and he does it his way. And he does it not because of like the result. It's not about, how many views you're going to get or like how much money you're going to make off it. He does it just because he likes doing it. Yeah. And um, we've spoken about that's the direction we want to head in and keep doing that sort of shit. Like we're going to do the trips that we want to do and make content that we want to make and whatever um, happens from that happens. And yeah, uh, yeah I think Casey Nye's that is a real good example of that. And yeah. he's cool. Yeah, he's really cool. He just, yeah. I think when someone is just so themselves is something that everyone sort of admires because we're always told you're not allowed to be this way or you can't do this or whatever um, or you shouldn't be this way. When someone's so themselves, that's when you're like, okay, yeah, they're really fucking cool, even if what they do is dorky. Yeah, I don't really like... I don't mind dorky people. No, I love people that are dorky about something they're passionate about like 
if you got knowledge on that's, something and you're pumped on it and that's what gets you going in life, but you're dorky about it, that's good. That's what it is. If someone's really passionate about something, um, it's interesting and I like I like watching that. I don't like watching somebody who I feel like is just doing it to look cool or whatever it is. Like Yeah, because it's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we um we've watched quite a bit of Casey and just his his storytelling is is awesome. A lot of the videos that he makes like sort of remind me of like takes me back to high school when you had to like I don't know if you did this, but we had to make little videos that sort of whatever you're saying you had to match, you know, blocks to the word that you say or something like that and it's like a very quick um sequence of of videos and I think maybe that's where some of my editing style come from but um yeah it sort of takes me there's a nostalgic feeling to his videos I don't even think we had video cameras at my school we didn't have computers or anything oh really it wasn't it wasn't a good school as far as technology or art or anything like that Mm. it's pretty yeah pretty average school it was uh just my middle school actually that really um I took to I think I've mentioned it on the vlog before. Just um, I did a iMovie course through. So I took four computer courses in grade nine in middle school in Canada, in Cranbrook. And it was with the same teacher and he was Polish. And what was his name? Mr. Ben. (laughs) Mr. Ben? Yeah, he he shortened it because no one could say it because it was Polish. Um. That's right. Wow, I haven't thought of him in so long. Uh, <laughs> um, and <clears throat> I learned how to, yeah, do iMovie. And we did, like, learned how to make music videos and stuff. And that's where I showed you that um, TI video that I made. Yeah, should we, um, I'll put it up on the screen here. <laughs> yeah, so everyone okay. can see it. Do you still have it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. But oh, wow. <laughs> that might blow up. I hope not, because the other girl that's in it might get angry at me. I'm not sure. Okay, we'll see. Maybe I'll put it up. I might have to ask. Well, I mean, it's on YouTube, so I I mean, I don't know. Can someone <laughs> send you a lawsuit? No, they can't. <laughs> what, are they going to sue you for making their YouTube video go viral? Neither of us have the login to that. The, to the channel's name <laughs> is Sesame Chicken Time. What the fuck? <laughs> so, um... <laughs> we don't have to log in anymore. So, you've just got this video up that you made when you are a teenager. Yeah. And it's pretty embarrassing, but also who cares? No, but it's it's awesome. And it reminds me of the fact that I used to love doing what I'm doing for a job right now. And how cool is that? That you, like, but I you did can't know that. You can't log in to get it taken down, so it's up there forever now. I don't want it taken down. If people find it, it's meant to be found. It's art. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe we should do a screening of it, but I, I might have to ask the other girl if um, if it's too like if she doesn't want if she maybe she want me to blur her face out or something because it you know a lot of people will see it, and I think only like a hundred people have viewed that video on. That Imagine it just starts taking off. <laughs> yeah. 
It's so funny. And it was recorded on my dad's like really old video camera. I don't even couldn't even tell you what it is. And I took it from his um his room and uh or his like recording studio room and we filmed it all and I remember while we were filming this mu- music video we spilled a full bottle of grenadine on the carpet you know that red stuff yeah. that you put in a Shirley Temple we were using it as fake wine in this music video and <laughs> I spilled it all over the carpet and the pool table how much trouble did you get in oh we managed to get it out somehow I don't know I honestly could not tell you how we got it out of the carpet um but yeah, there was just a lot of stressful stuff. Oh, also, and I laughed so hard I peed my pants while we were filming it. I remember that too. You always used to do that, though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was younger, I yeah, I peed the bed a lot, and but I now knowing what I know, it was an anxiety thing. Um, and then as I got older, I just fuck. I I just find things so funny. <laughs> when I make you laugh, or like. Yeah, when something makes you laugh really hard, you just run to the toilet. Isn't that fucked that you can just piss yourself as an adult? I can't. (laughs) I literally just, when I'm laughing that hard, I can't, I can't hold it. Like, all I'm thinking about is how funny something is, and it's just like my whole body (laughs) can't deal. I've never, I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, man. I have my whole life. Yeah. I also peed my pants once. I remember I went to the carnival. (laughs) This was like embarrassingly old too. How old were you? Probably like grade seven. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And we went on the Ripper. Do you know that ride? Did you ever have that in Australia? I think so. Yeah. The one like where it just like, whatever. And we went on and I, and I was terrified of it because it was sort of like a build up from my childhood of like when I was really little and I wasn't allowed to go in the ripper chair and then all of a sudden I'm there with my friend and a co- well, with a couple friends and their parents and I'm allowed to go like the other parents said that I was allowed to go on it and so there was I was sort of like running on a high that I was never allowed to go on this ride that was a lot of emotional build up to how scary it is and we got on it and we were laughing really hard and I beat my pants and did I know <laughs> I got did I know you pissed yourself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. What'd you do? I think I I took my sweater off and it was like cold, right? It was like spring in Canada, probably like April. And I just put my hoodie around my, my waist and I had like a tank top underneath it. But I was just like winter in Canada. And then what? what is that? <laughs> no, but when I got, I got pissed myself even telling this story. <laughs> when I got... actually gonna happen (laughs) are you gonna piss yourself live on the podcast (laughs) when i got off the guy that was like working there like saw the puddle on the chair no and did he say something (laughs) did your friend say something (laughs) she didn't notice i thought you said they knew i know maybe she knew Oh, They're I can't like, remember that. All I can remember is off. the guy. <laughs> no, I think I was just like, I'm just hot. <laughs> yeah. 
Must have a flu or something. <laughs> All I can remember is the guy when it got off his face going like, oh. <laughs> oh, well. It happens. Yeah. I think the oldest I was would have been like <laughs> seven or eight, maybe. Okay, cool. But like, I don't know the difference between you when don't I was enjoy life four and when I was much as I do. ten. <laughs> yeah. Who? How would you know? Uh I think you know from the people that were hanging around you, or like what? Yeah, what scenario are you in? Well, I was definitely a kid. What? What happened? Um. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I just shared the most embarrassing story. Maybe next time. <laughs> okay. Um, we're probably gonna run out of battery or something, so we'll wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> just ending it on my story—that's horrible. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our channel. Um, help help spread the word. Share it with a friend. would really help us. Leave a comment. Um, watch the vlogs. We've got plenty of vlogs coming out. We're a little bit behind schedule at the moment, but we've got plenty of videos coming out. So subscribe to our other YouTube channel, Lloyd and Mandy, and we will see you guys in next week's episode. Bye. This one's for my scheme makers, my dream chasers trying to make it, trust you got the whole